Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with status post adulting. Hey, status post adulting fam. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 38th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are going to be talking about getting 1% better each and every day. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well, Sammy. We are home alone right now. We are home alone. We have a little bit of time to ourselves because our parents decided to take a mini vacation. And it has been wonderful, but also we miss them. And we haven't been alone in quite a while. Yes. Which I really enjoy because that means I can listen to my podcasts out loud and not in headphones before I go to bed. I've been cooking more, Sammy. And I will say Michelle's cooking is actually very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Cooking is something that I got progressively better in my year living by myself in Austin. It's true. She made this harvest salad and it is so delicious. And I was like, why don't things taste like this when I make them? Like even the kale, when I make kale, it's always like so crunchy and hard to chew. And I'm like, what did you do to the kale to make it so delicious? And she's like, oh, you have to massage it. It does sound really pretentious, but it really does make a big difference. Things like massaging kale is why I'll never be good at cooking. I just can't separate my hourly wage from massage and kale. <laughs> like, it cannot be separated. <laughs> I know. Shout out to my friend Suhela and Sweet Greens for the recipe because it's a copycat of their harvest salad. But I will say, Sammy kept saying, totally <laughs> worth it to pay the high price for a salad. And I'm not going to lie, when I started, I was like, oh my god, I got to roast the squash. <laughs> not even... Oh my god, at the grocery store I was frustrated because I had to buy sweet potatoes, which I know that sweet potatoes and yams are two different things. Are they? They are two different things. It's like a thing to know in this world. Like you are an intellectual like myself if you know that sweet potatoes and yams are different. Okay, good for you. <laughs> that Safeway apparently does not know that they're different. I'm starting to wonder if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they are labeled potatoes slash sweet yams and i kid you not i spent probably five minutes standing in between the sweet potatoes slash lambs trying to figure out which were the right ones to get maybe potatoes and sweet yams are the same thing <laughs> potatoes slash sweet yams i was just like first off this is just poorly labeled potatoes is just straight up wrong <laughs> At least if it said sweet potatoes slash yams, I could be like, okay, I get what you guys are going for. But they did not commit. They just made a whole mess of it. And and there were different colors. There were so many decisions to make. All this to say that sometimes it is worth it to pay extra for a salad. But I will say the salad turned out pretty good. It was delicious. Even though all that tuber trouble you got into. <laughs> 
as I was making the salad at the beginning, I was frustrated because I had all of these different parts and I didn't know how it would get better. And then as I started to create it, 1% of the salad at a time, it really all came together and I was really happy about it. That was terrible. And, you know, I know every week we've been saying how terrible these transitions are. And maybe that's just going to be our thing, terrible transitions. I aim to have good transitions. Well, that's unfortunate. Transitioning aside, the topic we are talking about, as popularized, possibly coined by James Clear of Atomic Habits, is the concept of getting 1% better every single day. The concept of 1% better is that if we work towards being 1% better at different habits every single day, we are more likely to achieve our goals and we'll be surprised by the compound effect of improving yourself 1% better every single day. It's an idea that Sammy and I both really enjoy and have applied to different parts of our lives. And we think it's really helpful just to think about your goals and habits in that way because you're taking a small bite out of tackling a self-improvement project instead of trying to build the arc in one day. Yes, Michelle. James Clear is such a little habiteer with all these little habit hacks that he has. And I do think knowing all the different aspects of habits, like last time we talked about act, action changes things, bringing in all these different aspects of how to hack your habits It really creates like a little habit toolbox that you have whenever you want to implement any type of change. So true, Sammy. I will say one way this surprised me was when I started doing yoga. I actually started doing yoga because my first full-time job had a yoga teacher come every week. And we were just this like dinky office in the middle of nowhere. And somehow they found this amazing yoga teacher. Like she's literally the best teacher I've ever had. She's so sweet. She's very understanding. She pushes you to be better. She was just a great teacher. And so at some point, I decided that I would actually go every week at lunch and take advantage of having the opportunity to work with her and do a little bit of yoga. Before this, I was not quite honestly particularly interested in yoga and didn't want to be that actively involved. And I was surprised how I went from really sucking at the beginning, being pretty out of shape, getting tired, having to be adjusted constantly, to eventually being able to follow her flow really well, being able to jump into different yoga classes, my body just being so much more flexible, seeing what a difference that made after a couple of years because I had been consistently going. It wasn't my goal. Like I didn't have the goal to want to be any crazy big yoga star, but I was able to see over time what a big difference it makes. And it's funny because in class, she's always like, if you do this, you'll be more flexible. And if you do this, this will help you sleep. And this will make sex better and all these different little things. And she'd kind of say them as like little funny things or little life hacks. But I really started to see how different aspects of my life were better because I had been practicing yoga. Yes, I will say I did notice your yoga skills improve because I remember you were helping me and I was like, oh, Michelle is actually very good at yoga and she knows how to help me adjust myself in ways that help me get deeper into these postures. It's true. Sammy's working really hard on her downward dog and I have noticed that it's been getting better. Yes. 
I have a problem with downward dog because my legs are giant. <laughs> Sammy's all limbs. I am all limbs and my legs are a majority of my body and legs have a lot of muscle and it's just very hard for me to like fight against that muscle to like fold my body. So yeah, Michelle has been helping me and I have been getting better at that. Yeah, exactly. I will say too, having the opportunity to work sort of in a little bit more of a private setting. Yes, in front of a lot of my coworkers, which kind of sucks. But going consistently and being in like a positive environment really made me more comfortable taking other exercise classes and being able to enter a class and be like, hey, I totally suck at this now. But if this is something that I'm interested in and I keep going, eventually I'll be able to keep pace and really benefit from these workouts. That's so true, Michelle. Your yoga story reminds me of when I was trying to improve my mile time. It was about three to four years ago. I was like, you know what? I want to get more fit and I want to start running again. And I want to bring my mile time down to what it was in high school. Now, let me tell you all. Baseline, I'm not a fit person. In high school, though, I was exercising probably, you know, three to four hours a day. And in middle school, I did track. So that was like running three or four hours a day. At that time, my mile time was, it was decent. Fast forward to three to four years ago where I was literally not exercising and maybe doing whatever the opposite of exercising is. So that first day I get out there, I try to run a mile. I'm running slash walking, barely running it. And it literally took me 17 minutes. And I was actually like somewhat short of breath. I was a bit shocked. So as I want to track my progress, I wrote down the mile time on my notes app because the notes app is where I keep everything. Notes app on the iPhone. It's a little yellow square with little, looks like a little notepad. Honestly, best app ever. High tech advice from Sammy. Literally, if you have the notes app, I keep everything on my notes app. I have mantras. I have visions that have come to me. I have all my passwords. <laughs> oh my God. Don't admit that on our podcast. We have a big hacker community that listens to us. Maybe. Dreams. To-do list. And these lists of mile times. I do use my notes app for everything too. Lot of grocery lists. <laughs> Mixed in with a lot of random stuff. So I was recording my mile times on the notes app. And in the beginning, I'm actually seeing my numbers come down quickly just because it was so terrible to begin with. But after I got to a certain point, I noticed that it just felt like I wasn't really making much progress. And I remember being super disheartened by this. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to get back to my high school mile time. Part of me realized the reason I was able to get my mile time down so fast at that time is because I had literally three to four hours to run every day. And now I have 15 minutes to half an hour, which is a huge difference. So it became clear to me, this is why less progress is going to be made. But I stuck through it. I keep running every day and I start making it like an identity with myself. I was like, you know what? We've been running every day. I get to have nice running shoes now. I went to the running store. I did a little video of me running. They're like, oh my gosh, girl, your knee's turning in. They got me some fancy shoes to fix that. I also was really adamant about making sure I run every day. Rainy days, I was out there. Vacation, we were going on quite a number of vacations, but I still try to run even on my vacations, which means we went out dancing. I was a little hungover. Still going to wake up. I'm still going to run. It's just one mile. It's nothing crazy, but I was always going to do it. And about three to four years into this, I take a look at it and I'm like, you know what? You are shaving off multiple minutes off the mile every single year. 
it looks like in about six to seven years, you'll probably hit your high school mile time. And you bet your bottom dollar that if you told me on the first day that I went out there and I ran that, oh, you know what? In six or seven years, you'll be down to your high school mile time. I would have been like, forget this. I don't have six or seven years to spend on this. But I'm glad I stuck with it. Even though it's taking me a long time to improve my mile time, every time I get out there, I am 1% better. And 1% better instead of either remaining the same or more likely getting worse every day, you know, becoming even less fit every day. Now, each day, I'm a little bit faster. And even though I still haven't reached my mile time, I know that most likely within a few years, I'll be there. Sammy, I think that's such a good point in that you can have these big goals. And then if you go running your first day, you're out of breath, you're tired, you're walking a lot, you don't feel great about it, you're far from your end goal. It's so easy in that moment to stop because you're like, how could I possibly get from point A to point B? But to reframe it and say, you know what, my goal is with my busy schedule, with my lifestyle, my goal is simply to go out and run every single day. You're able to actually make meaningful steps towards that goal, even though you've completely shifted your mindset on it. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many little things that come up when you're making a change like that that you don't even realize. Like for me, one thing is my hair is now going to look bad every day. <laughs> it's literally two times the diameter of my head when it's dry. So normally I like try to straighten it and like leave it like unwashed for a few days. But when I'm running every day, I'm like, I have to take a shower and I realistically have to wash my hair because otherwise I'm going to get all this buildup on my scalp. And I had to kind of accept that like my hair is going to look crazy at work every single day. But that's okay. It's okay if as a person I'm becoming healthier. Yeah, exactly, Sammy. And I remember too, so many times we go on trips with friends. I would be like laying there hungover, sleeping. They'd be like, oh, where's Sammy? I'm like, she went for a run. Like, she went for a run? And I'd be like, yes, please go away. I'm tired. <laughs> Even if I, you didn't tell me, I mean, you'd usually tell me where you were, you were going so I could at least know. But I always knew and knew that that would be something that you would aim for. And I was happy to not join you. <laughs> but it really did become part of your identity as somebody who is a runner. Yeah, it's so true, Michelle. It's so easy to make big goals. But the hard part is actually implementing systems into your day that make changes into your life. Yeah, Sammy. And I think one part of this getting 1% better we can give so many different examples in which you can make a little changes that can make your life better over time. But the truth is, like you said, if you're not making a change for the better, you are still living in this world and you're still creating habits. And a lot of times you could be creating habits that are making you 1% worse. I think social media is such a good example of this, especially with all the recent Facebook file leaks that the Wall Street Journal just put out there. But we've felt this way for a long time where I think when everyone got on social media, like when I got on Facebook, when I was in high school or at the end of high school, the goal was to be able to connect with my different friends, write messages to each other, and really just have these little interactions with different people that I knew that changed to being on Instagram and posting photos of myself, then you have this explore page and you can look at anybody's content. And all of a sudden you're getting ads and they're finding ways to slowly optimize their algorithm so you're spending more time on it. And before I 
knew any of that. I could feel that change where all of a sudden one day I looked and I was like, I'm spending all this time looking at videos of Kim Kardashian and clips of all these things I don't care about. And when I go out with my friends and when I'm going and living my life, I'm thinking about the best photo I can take to capture this moment. I'm thinking about captions while I'm listening to song lyrics. Like my life was starting to be lived for social media versus having it as a way to be able to connect with people. And that happened over years. And when I finally deleted my Facebook and my Instagram, one, I took little steps at first, which was deleting the app from my phone, having to go to the browser and use it, things like that, before I finally went cold turkey. And I was surprised the first 30 days I wanted to grab my phone. I like missed scrolling. I missed targeted ads. I was unsure if my friends would even know I was existed or worth telling information to because nobody would reach out to me because I wasn't on social media. My fears were unfounded, but I did see how over years I had built this unhealthy habit of becoming really addicted to and living for my social media without even realizing it. That's so true, Michelle. I think media is a really good example in general because things like social media can be so detrimental and like I remember when I was first driving to work from San Francisco to San Jose, which is a total of a three-hour commute every day, I was first listening to the radio because I was kind of being mindless about it and just listening to whatever. And then I quickly found that that was really like negative information, like you were saying, and I didn't feel like it was making me any better of a person. So I switched over to podcasts, which I'm still obsessed and still listen to tons of podcasts. But then eventually I switched over to audiobooks. I've probably to this point now literally read hundreds of audiobooks and I had no idea the change that was going to be happening to me. When I was listening to the audiobooks, I would think, oh, you know, I listened to like quite a few audiobooks. Let me try to listen to 100 audiobooks this year. And maybe I like check that box. But what I didn't realize is how transformed my mind became. I can definitely speak to that, Sammy, because I remember all of a sudden noticing that change when I just distinctly remember we were talking about something and you're like, yeah, like when I was reading John McCain's autobiography or something, I was like, you read John McCain's biography? And you were just reading all these different types of books and you had so many different opinions on a lot of different things and you were making all these little habit changes because you were reading so many self-improvement books. And it was startling all of a sudden one day. I was like, oh my gosh, Sammy knows a ton about a ton of things. And it was literally just because on your commute, you're reading all of these books. Yeah, Michelle. I mean, all of those books completely transformed my mind. That's how I really got deep into financial independence. It's how I got into minimalism and just everything that I was into, I could get super, super into it. It was almost like getting an additional college degree just because of how much information I gained while commuting to work, which is something I had to do anyway. It definitely inspired me to start reading more too, Sammy, but I am not at that level yet. So Michelle, I love this episode because it talks about a simple topic, which is getting 1% better every day. And the truth is we only have 24 hours in the day. We spend a good portion of that sleeping. And so Within all these 15-minute increments, we are making a choice to either improve ourselves or to make ourselves worse, really. 
that concept of being 1% better really helps be mindful about the idea that the change, it doesn't happen quickly. It happens in these little increments. You know, we live in a culture where everybody wants everything fast. You know, my patients come to me, they're like, I want a pill to like be better. And the truth is, there's never any magic. Everything that's worth having, any great change that can come to you, it will take slow incremental change. On the day-to-day, it just feels like that'll take forever. But I think when you remember that five years, 10 years, it passes so quickly, then it's easy to see how these little changes can make a huge difference. It's so true, Sammy. There is no two-day prime shipping for a better body, more knowledge, or more money. It's all about the little things we do every single day that make the biggest difference. And I'd say the biggest takeaway is think about the different goals that you have. Think about the little things you do every day and see if you keep doing what you're doing every day, if over the long term, you're going to get to the place you want to be. And if not, are there little things you can do, totally manageable, small things that can help get you there? Exactly, Michelle. And now, Michelle, it's time for our content corner for the week. What do you got for us, Sammy? Speaking of me listening to multiple audiobooks on my commute, this week I have been listening to First Time Homebuyer by Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen. I am not sure exactly when I want to buy a home. It may actually be in more like two to three years, but I'm learning so much information. And it's just so interesting to see their perspective too, because both of them has bought multiple homes and they've bought their homes with the intention of making a profit. Although they clearly state in their book that your home, home home, is not an investment. It's just nice to see all the different aspects that go into buying a home, like little things like escrow and having the inspector come in and all the different things to look for when those things happen and what things can be like fixable versus what things are like, no, just avoid it, aka meth house. And I've really been loving it. I mean, I think it's such an interesting book. And I think definitely I'm going to reread it again before I buy my first home as well. A lot of good information in there. That's a great recommendation, Sammy. Especially since we're not a real estate podcast. So I think it's good content if someone is considering buying their first property. I would say even if it's not your first property, there's good information in there still. I think my mom would like me to plug that she could also help you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i was literally listening to it with her and she's like insulted that i would even play it she's like you know i know all of this i'm like i know but i'm listening to it to gain the knowledge she's like why don't you just ask me i'm like it's just you know, easier in book format and then literally everything that was being said by them she's like i know that i know that i know that i'm like listen i know you know i know you know we love you mom we have fun we have fun We have good times. You know, it's your fault for forcing us to listen to the same things as you while we're just trying to eat a meal. (laughs) I'm just trying to make you guys 1% better. You cannot force (laughs) 1% better on a Sam. I'm forcing you guys to be 1% better every day. (laughs) So we would love to hear from you guys. Feel free to send us a direct message to our Instagram at statusposadulting. Email us statusposadulting at gmail.com. You can find all of our show notes on your podcast platform or at our website, statuspostadulting.com. And tell a friend if you are enjoying this episode. Feel free to share. For us, one of the best ways that this podcast can grow 1% is really 
really, really, truly the compounding effect of you recommending it to your friends and family. So if you know someone that would benefit from status post adulting, definitely share. Thank you so much to the people out there who are spreading it to so many other people. We love to hear it and we really, 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 really appreciate it. Yes. And happy birthday to one of our super spreaders, Stacy, and another super spreader, Claretta. Happy birthday, Stacy and Claretta. Happy birthday. Thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for spreading it to your friends too. We really appreciate that. Yes, we definitely really appreciate it. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.